Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome. Welcome to yet another ad hoc kind of at the dining room table, dog sitting next to me uh, show. It's March 19th, uh, a dreary day here in Pittsburgh. Uh, but sun would help, wouldn't it? It sort of makes you feel better. In that regard, some of my uh, better news for uh, today is that, where do I have it here? I got it here somewhere. The, what is it? Spring. Spring arrives tonight. Um, the spring equinox. Uh, and and for some reason, and I don't know if you care to give this any import at all, uh, this is the earliest spring equinox in our lifetime. Um, believe me, unless you're 125 years old. It is uh, the earliest in the past 124 years. Generally, spring comes between uh, March 20 and March 22nd. But uh, it's merely March 19th, and it is the spring equinox. Uh, So uh, don't ask me uh, why. I didn't bother to look. But uh, at least late tonight, uh, spring will have come, and and spring, this will be a spring, of course, unlike (laughs) any other. Um, excuse me, I have to tell you that I didn't sleep well last night. You know, there's nights where I manage to sleep well, and then there are nights where I do the wrong thing before I go to bed. And what I did last night was uh, turn on CNN at, um, I don't know, too late, because I had been avoiding the news all day just for self-protection. My problem is, is I have to, because of the show, you know, try to stay uh, a little bit ahead of things. And I watched something that so <laughs> scared me that I, 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 that was it. So I'm a, I'm a little punch drunk uh, today, I must say. Um, but eventually I, I did manage to uh, get some rest. I think... I'm not as inclined now because of everything changing to do the kind of keeping up with the daily news thing that I um, used to do. Um, that news, of course, is av- available to any any of you. I've sort of wanted to share with you, I don't know, things that I've come across that, well, quite frankly, I feel want, I want to share with you. I have another piece of good news. Remember those fires in Australia? They're finally out. And uh, there's so much devastation there of so much natural habitat. But they're finding, you know, little groups of wallabies here and there and and they're hungry and and they're they're air dropping now uh food and and water to uh the survivors of of that 
cataclysm. So um, I found that also a little bit uh, uplifting. Um, I do want to, can I do a personal gripe? Thank you very much, since no one's saying no. Um, a lot of people are sharing, you know, they, they, they're trying to stay uh, in touch with people. So they're sharing uh, prayers, information, and some people are doing it in a group text to like 19 people, 20 people. And when I see that, I just groan. Because what happens is then a fair amount of those 18 or 19 people respond to the rest of us. These are people I don't know. They're responding with emojis. Every time there's a response, I've silenced my, my phone. It would be going off every two seconds. So I'm asking if, if you're one of those folks who send out uh, texts to more than two or three people at a time, um, at least tell them to keep it in the group, like your family group or a very small. Uh, don't I don't even know who these people are, and it's annoying because every, you know, we're all hungry for uh, communication, for connection, for staying together, but but frankly, um, seeing a bunch of emojis and, you know, from people who I don't have a clue, they're not in my list, of all they are is phone numbers with, uh, you know, no no definable anybody. It's like getting a, it's like getting a uh, spam. So please stop it. Thank you very much. I had to say that. I also want to ask, um, when our governments at any level will stop the pussyfooting around and stop suggesting that people do things and start mandating and start enforcing um, as far as I know, at the county level, and I, 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 I may be wrong, but I, I don't think I am, there has merely been the suggestion that all non-essential businesses close. Well, I got news for uh, the county. Anybody who has a business considers that business essential. It's essential to their livelihood. It's essential to them. Don't tell them it ain't essential. So if you want, if, if you want to sort of close things down and thus create more social distancing, don't rely on people to make the choice themselves. Um, this is time when government needs, uh, and I know this is hard on Americans because we ain't used to it, but needs to flex its muscle and mandate, not ask. And I'm hoping we'll see more of that. Uh, the pictures of these young people frolicking on the beaches of Florida and other places 
in spring break. I, have you seen them? It's it looks like you know there's not you can hardly see the sand for all the half naked bodies, and they're laughing and having fun, and I'm looking at that and thinking I'd like to wring every one of their necks and or every one of their parents' necks if they have any control over their over their children. Um, I. I, these are the, you're looking at a bunch of, you know, beautiful bikinied vectors. And a lot of those people are going to get on planes and they're coming home and they haven't changed a damn thing about what they're doing. And they're going to kill people. So I look at those frolicking people on the beach and you know what I see? Killers. (laughs) That's what I see. Killers. And I blame the states involved and the municipalities municipalities involved uh, because they could close those beaches right now. Um, And they're not doing it. Some might be, but God Almighty, an awful lot aren't. I saw that one... I can't remember the the place, was, yes, had decided, yes, we will close the beach Sunday. Well, (laughs) no, it doesn't work that way, idiots. Sunday is when all the kids were planning on leaving anyway. And this is because these kids bring money. And they, this is the... The tourist meccas, they rely on that money. But when money trumps people's lives, something's wrong. Now, money and people's lives do come together a lot. They intersect because when people can't get money, they can, in fact, lose the ability to feed themselves and their children, and that can, again, this is why the giving money to Americans um, who make under a certain or who have, uh, you know, who are under a certain, I mean, I don't need it. Don't send me no check for $1,000. You send that to somebody else. And so in as much as they're going to means test this thing, Um, That needs to happen, I think, very, very quickly. Uh, Well, here, let's see what I got. Um, Dave uh, wrote this yesterday. I didn't see it until too late. Um, If your favorite bar or restaurant is closed but is serving takeout food, please order food from them. I don't want my favorite bar to go under, says Dave. So I'm ordering dinner from them every night. I figure I'm saving money anyway, but not sitting there getting drunk all weekend uh, because that had gotten expensive. Save your favorite watering hole. I'm doing my part. Okay, that brings us to a concern that some have. I think it's a good idea, and because restaurants are are really in jeopardy now. 
And inasmuch as some of them have retooled so that they now will make you food and you just go pick it up, uh, grab and go, as they say, um, that I totally agree with Dave to let's let's try as uh, as much as we can to keep these places uh, afloat. But that brings up this question. How safe is food delivery? Or how safe? I mean, you can't make food without people putting hands on the food. How safe is it to have someone you don't know prepare your food and then deliver it to you or you pick it up? And here is an assessment uh, that I got from uh, the Wall Street Journal. And I also want to add this caveat. As you read a lot of these things, you see that a lot is not known. A lot is not known about this virus. It's new, never been seen before. How it acts what it reacts to, how long it stays alive on various surfaces. There's some information on that, but um, not enough. But I will give you what this article says because I think it seems pretty pretty good information, at least to me. Uh, it is much less likely to get the virus from touching packaging. Let's say the guy who delivers a, a package to your door, a food or anything else, uh, had the virus on, on their hands and, and then transferred it to that package. It, there, there may be um, a number of hours that this is what is believed, that the virus could live on cardboard, let's say, is 24 hours. So you could let it sit for 24 hours. You could wipe it down. Also, there may be a small risk from touching raw food. But there appears, and notice there these fudging kinds of, vir, uh, of uh, verbs, <laughs> there appears to be no risk of contracting the virus by eating cooked food. So all you sushi lovers, I, uh, until they, you know, I, I wouldn't go for that from uh, a, a restaurant that you're having deliver food or picking up. But if the food is cooked, you're okay. Doctors say that ordering food is generally safer, actually, than going to the grocery store or certainly to a restaurant because you are coming into contact with fewer people. Ordering at home and picking up or having it delivered may be the best way to get food, especially if, like me, you've eaten the same damn thing every night for the last three days. Uh, avoid close contact with the person who is making the delivery, uh, throw away the packaging, 
wash your hands after touching packaging and before touching the food, right? Um, Hot food in an enclosed container will probably not have any active viruses because the heat, that level of heat uh, cooking will have killed the virus. The big message is that if you're touching things that are coming from outside your home and someone else has recently touched that thing, just understand that they could be contaminated and guess what? Wash your hands. Now, this is a result, this information is a result of a study that was done. But the study was done in a controlled room temperature condition. Uh, And it was done with uh, quite a bit of virus involved. And that doesn't really translate to real life where other factors like sunlight and just the degradation of the virus over time come into play. So the bottom line I see here with this is the potential risk of becoming infected with the virus by ordering food in is very small. It's primarily person-to-person interaction. Those idiot bikini-clad murderers on the beach that is driving this pandemic. The risk of getting infected from food delivery is pretty low, says the head of the Division of Infectious Diseases at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, but not zero. Um, I think I have a caller online. I also have a strange buzz, so I hope I'm still there. Caller, are you there? Hello? Lynn? Yes. Hello, Lynn. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing doing fine, as a matter of fact. Good. I got a question for you about this reading you're doing. What about money? You know, like paper money. That would be paper money is always about the dirtiest thing (laughs) there is. Um, I think as much as you are able, uh, do not use it. Do not use it. I mean, look, do you have a credit card? No, don't use them. Uh, I got a a uh, debit card. Don't give that up. Okay, use that. Well, use that. That is a safer way to deal with your money. Think of uh, think of a dollar bill. Think of how it works. I mean, it is passed from person to person to person to person, and it's put in you know a cash register stacked on top of other bills and coins that have been touched by a, uh, tens of thousands of other people um, in a in an infectious uh, you know kind of situation that we're in. Um, money would seem to me not something you want to touch. And if you do have to touch it, 
really don't touch your face until you can really wash your hands well. Yeah, that's what I was kind of concerned about. Yeah, about well, that's a reasonable about, concern. Speaking about money, Lynn, I wanted to tell you that <clears throat> I belong to this very, very liberal church, and uh-huh. we accept we accept all denominations, but we prefer tens and twenties. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you, you be well. You be Bye. well. <laughs> Bye. Oh, God bless you. God, isn't laughter just wonderful? Is that another caller I have, Amy? Um, hello, caller. Go ahead, please. Hello? 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 Hi. You're on. Hi. Okay. Hey, um, Hi. They show the um, death rate on this. Um, until they, I don't know how they get an accurate number for the infected people, how do they do that? Because you could have people out there that's already been infected, got well, had mild symptoms, and I don't understand. Until we see the final death toll, then you can really make some kind of judgment of how serious this is. I really don't know how you can, because as far as other illness, or, um, viruses and that this was behind as far as the death toll not to say it won't get that way but i just i don't until you could get it it might be two percent 98 percent is you know what i'm saying it it the numbers the math doesn't work right now you have to keep watching that death toll they keep telling how many people are infected but how how do they know that they people are out there have been infected they got well because they didn't go to the doctors i don't understand this how they're well, that's right. That's why, but see, that's why we're being told and why the uh, epidemiologists are tearing their hair out that our country's, our government's uh, failure to uh, jump on this out of the gate as soon as, the, as soon as we saw what was happening in China to get testing uh, kits to everybody who would need them, to make sure all those supplies were in place. You can't know unless you've tested everybody. I mentioned yesterday the way you would really have a sense of what percentage of the population gets it and then what percentage of the population dies of it. You have to do that by random sampling. We're only sampling people who are already sick. And that's not giving you a a real picture. You are right. We don't have a real picture. But you can assume this. Assume the worst, okay? Because you have to assume the worst because never in your life has anything like this happened where the whole globe has been shut down. You got to figure that people who know about this kind of thing are all in agreement that this is dangerous okay so don't i wouldn't yeah you you don't trust scientists you don't trust science i well there's a lot of myths oh please i i don't i'm sorry the experts okay well that they're they're oh dear sound bites and all that you believe all that no 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 when the death toll we'll see how many die 
and then we'll see the numbers. We'll see. Because these right. guys have been wrong about right. so many things in the past, and you no. keep believing it. Yeah. And then another thing you keep telling people is that this never, there's never been a human coronavirus, which is untrue. Untrue. I know people I never said that. In fact, when that. you call you hey, 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 hey. over and over, and it's oh. a goddamn okay, lie. Okay, okay. Goodbye. Okay. I, want you, I want you off. Goodbye. And I don't want you calling back. I don't want you, Amy, hearing that. I don't want him calling back. First of all, I did not say there was never a, a coronavirus. In fact, I told the same guy just a few days ago that, of course, there have been coronaviruses before. This is a new coronavirus. But you see what's happened. And this is, a, this is what the Republicans, Fox News, and all this fake news stuff has done. It has made people absolutely distrust any authority figure uh, who has obvious expertise, obvious training, people who have spent their lives studying viruses and how they work. And this caller doesn't believe him? Fine. If you need brain surgery, you're going you're gonna to believe that the surgeon is an expert? I sure hope so. Otherwise, I wouldn't let him cut into my head. Let's go to another caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Hi, Lynn. Uh, I was calling Hi. in, so I missed the tail end of that call. Um but uh, so I, I'm not quite hey, sure. Excuse me. Do you? Ex, oh, excuse me. He he was saying um, that he doesn't believe any of the experts, <laughs> I see. and he <laughs> does, doesn't believe any. I, it, so you you know I did not know this. So when you're on when you're on hold, you can't hear the show. No, uh, no. I I believe I did uh, hear it, but there there is a uh, one minute that you know and a half that takes me to dial. And then it has to call in and then. Oh, okay. Have, I got gotcha. you. Know, okay. Yeah. There's like All a minute right. and a half of, yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Well, I understand that, that, uh, that, uh, that whole thing, because when you get so much bombarded by so much information, it's really hard to process that, you know, it yes. used to be historically with traditional media would do that for us, but in the social media age, they don't. I, I saw two, wow. Every day I see contradictory headlines, one right after another. I see one where it says, Oh, kids are not as susceptible to this. And the next one says, kids getting very ill with this. And then uh, That's right. another one says, yeah, it can survive in the air for several hours and on surfaces for several hours. And then the next headline, it can survive for days on, you know. And so, yeah, what do you make of yes. that? I, I think the average person would say, well, I'm reading all these different stories and they all have different uh, information. Therefore, I can't trust any of it. I, I don't know. But that's different from trusting an expert versus trusting a media outlet that's writing a story. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, <laughs> you know, people, you got to rely on your own. We all are in a situation where we have to rely on our own common sense. I am going to listen to somebody like Anthony Fauci. <laughs> I'm going to listen to uh, you know, the head of virology at some uh, major university. Those are people who've spent their lives uh, doing this yeah. and and trying yeah. to 
learn how to save people from these viruses. That's who I'm listening to. It's absolutely um, true. And and you have to understand that yeah. the, the head of virology is also trying to play catch up to a certain degree because we can't you be bet. experts. Yeah, we can't be 100%. I mean, even in my field, you know, I have a PhD, but uh, I, there's new things every day. And you try to sure. keep up with it as best you can, you know. And, exactly. Um, you go from there, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm it, not sure it, if our Surgeon General... Um, there, there was someone yeah. who was in a government capacity who's very young, who said he that Trump was in better health than him. <laughs> now that's that's that would make me question that individual's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, man. yeah, right. So, I mean, there, right, that, exactly. Listen, anybody, anybody, anybody who Trump surrounds himself with, other than Fauci, I would, I always sort of, because Fauci's been around forever. It's not he's not Trump's. Yeah. But all those people around Trump scare the bejeebers out of me. Well, we yeah, we are in lockdown here uh, in Malaysia. Good. The whole country is pretty much shut down and um, for two weeks. But there are some countries out there that have not gotten on board with this train. And so I don't know exactly how effective it will be. Because if you have one country that, you know, decides right. you're not going to follow it, uh, then, right. you know, I, how do we contain it? I think we can slow it down. But whether we contain it, I'm not sure. Um, you know, right. This is where this is this is where the stupid people will kill us all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So you're <laughs> you're in Malaysia. Well, they're handling yeah. it pretty well there, right? Well, yeah. I mean, to a uh, large extent, uh, there's there's a lot of people who are not following the directives. They oh god you know, no yeah. Be, you know, it's true because, well, for any number of reasons, but, um, you know, there are some people whose – the, the big issue is the shutdown between the border between Singapore and Malaysia, which is very much south of where I'm at. But there's a lot of issues there. There are some Malaysians who work in Singapore, and they're just sleeping on the park benches, you know, because they have to go to work every day. I don't know how long that's going to last, but they say two weeks. Um, and some that can't get back down and the – the governor of the state, uh -huh. Johor, is trying to get that open. So, you know, and then we read about uh, concerts in Great Britain where thousands of people are gathering and there is a religious. What? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, religion. Oi, here's what I think. Here is where religion kills. There are people who just continue to, yeah, ha I know religion helps people through things like this. Yeah. There was a prayer gathering. I don't know. I know. Did you see the prayer That's gathering smart. A prayer gathering to pray that the virus won't get them <laughs> when, by virtue of gathering, they're insuring it. <laughs> yeah. This is where it's God shakes look. his head. If if there's a God, he shakes his head and says, hey, why didn't I make well, these here, people smarter? Here in Malaysia, they did close down all religious activities. We still get the daily call to prayers, which I'm not quite sure why they do that. I, I would rather turn that uh, those speakers into public health announcements, but, you know, they still do it. Even though, you know, I, the idea is the call to prayers is people come to the mosque, but they're not allowed to. So, you know, why do you... No, they can they stay in place. Advertise? Right. Yeah. Right. Why well, they maybe it's a, they're thinking it's a, it, it's a reminder that it's time for... Uh, you know, the right. pray, the, for them to right. pray. Who knows? 
Hey, great talking to you, Bree. Thank you. You be well. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I am going to... um, I. I'm going to ask for a call. I think I have one more call. I'm going to take this call. And then I do want to share with you something that Henry sent me the other day because I think it helps um, explain for those who are still incapable of understanding, like the one caller, what is happening here, how this virus and why this virus is such a threat. So let me take... One more caller, I believe. Hello? Hello? Hey, Lynn. Hey, Lynn. It's Mike in D.C. Hi. Hi, Mike. Um, in two years, we're going to know who made the right decision and who made the wrong decision. There are, in, epidemiologically, there are already indications of that. If you look at Iran, who hasn't really, that we know of, done any of the any of the actions that some of the states are doing, you can see how quickly their death rates are are are, are occurring. So in a, every yeah. time I read one of those articles, Wisconsin refuses to close schools, blah, blah, blah. I think like a scientist and say, oh, in two years, we're going to be able to see this. Two weeks ago, there was an article yeah. that came out about the Philadelphia parade during right after right. the 19... 19- 18 pandemic. I'm assuming most people saw that. And it played yes. what happened to Philly versus what happened to other cities. We're going to have so much data to prove who was right and who was wrong. So if you're willing to risk your life on what you think, as opposed to what science says, thank you. You're going to be proving the point of those of us who are sheltering in place even before we're told to. Those states that do things act pro, um, retroactively proactively. are going to have proactively, thank you, are going to have a higher, uh, less morbidity rate. So we'll find out in a year right. or so if you're still alive. And if you're one of the old people who are so resistant to this, the irony is palpable. Palpable. Yeah. So you I, know, well, every I, time I, I read I one of those an, stories, I think of that. Yeah. Yeah, I am in agreement with you, but I do also want to add this uh, disquieting caveat that even those of us who, as you said, uh, decided to shelter in place before we were told we should, um, we could still get it. It's oh yeah, we could still get it. Yeah, you know, oh, we're definitely. just reducing our odds, and that's what. Anyone, you know, with any sense is doing now, reducing our odds. So, Mike, you be well, and thank you. I I love your calls. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Now, if we can just keep the calls out for a little while. There's two pieces of information here that uh, you guys have sent me. Um, Let me go first to a graphic uh, that was sent which really shows why social distancing is a great idea. Oh, you're not going to do this to me now, are you? It is. I hate this damn thing. Um, Every once in a while, this just refuses. Oh, damn. Oh, listen to the old lady trying to do her computer. Wait. Open image. Open the fucking image. Listen to the foul-mouthed old lady. 
trying. Okay, shh, forget it. Okay, I'm going on to something else. I'll come back to that. Um, if this does it to me, again, it is. I, this is like a nightmare. It was working just a minute ago. Um, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. There's no reason for you to be um, listening to me freaking out. Um, here, I got it. Okay. Now, for the people who still don't get this, um, and, and some of this is going to sound very scientific. I'm going to be real slow when I'm doing it. But it, it, it helped me. Um, the reason this virus is so deadly has to do with genetics, actually. RNA, you know, RNA, DNA sequencing. Here's why. The flu, the regular ordinary flu, is an all-human virus. And the genetic coding, the DNA and RNA that make up that virus, the seasonal flu, are recognized by your immune system. So if you're unlucky enough to get the flu, uh, even though you had a flu shot, at least when it enters your body, your body says, oh, damn, shit, you again. But they recognize it. Your immune system recognizes it. And it recognizes it because it already has some immunity to it. It has immunity to it either because you got a flu shot or because you were sometime in your life exposed to the flu virus. Now, this one's being called, right, a novel virus. It's new. Our bodies don't know it. It comes from animals. Now, the World Health Organization, who? <laughs> the World Health Organization, who? The World Health Organization tracks all of these viruses they see in animals. That's part of what WHO WHO does weekly, daily, for years and years and years. They note that there is, uh-oh, we got this strange virus in showing up in pigs or in cows or in birds. And they watch to make sure that that virus is only being transmitted from one infected animal to another infected animal. And they're also looking to see when that infected animal manages somehow, because the virus somehow mutates, to transfer itself to a human being. That's what happened not too long ago in China. Then, once one human has been, has been infected, you look to see how long it takes for that human to infect another human. So have we gone from just animal to animal, to animal to human, 
to human-to-human transfer. And we have no natural or acquired immunity to something that was never in humans before. Our immune system doesn't recognize this thing. So if you get the COVID-19 virus, the immune system is like, duh, useless. Now, sometimes the virus's mutation only allows transfer from animal to human and never gets to human to human. That has happened many times in the past, and we don't hear about that stuff because it doesn't, it doesn't get to us. But once the virus figures out how to get from human to human, then you have contagion. And depending on the fashion of the new mutation, that's what decides how contagious or how deadly it will be. H1N1, remember that? That was deadly, but it didn't mutate in a way that was as deadly as like the Spanish flu. It's RNA its genetic component, was slower to mutate. And it attacked its host differently, too. So, here comes coronavirus. It existed in animals only. And we don't know for how long. But one day, at this animal market in Wuhan, China, in December of last year, it mutated. One little coronavirus got smart and figured out how to jump to a human. So at first, even then, only animals could give it to a person. But here is what epidemiologists find so scary about this virus. In just two weeks, the virus mutated again and gained the ability to jump from human to human. Scientists call any virus with that capability, that quickness, slippery. So this is a slippery virus. Uh, It took off like a rocket. And this was because we have no immunity. And doctors have no known medicines. And so that's what we're dealing with here. A few more things. For people who keep saying it's like a bad flu, no, that's why coronavirus is different from a bad flu or even H1N1, or SARS, or any of the other types of influenzas we've seen. This one is slippery as hell, and it's a lung eater. And it has already mutated again so that there are now two strains. There's a strain S and a strain L. 
And that makes it even harder to develop a vaccine. So right now it's hitting us old folks harder. But this virus's genome is so dang slippery, it appears, that if it mutates again, and it probably will, who is to say who it will hit next? It says here at the end, be smart. Acting like you're unafraid is so not smart right now. Stay home and make people understand that are in your orbit how serious this is. Um, now... I want to see if I can get this other one up. No, I can't. Um, Okay. Russ writes, callers can come back in if they want now. Lynn, I received this from my supervisor at work and thought you might like to read it regarding anxiety during these times. Oh, it might be long. Um, Well, let me, um, I'll tell you what. Let me let me save it then for and and go over it by myself and maybe edit it some. Uh little Tony, Lynn, your buddy Ryan Dito came to the defense of young people after the video of drunken young fools in Florida. He gave the news media a good scold with such a broad brush. I really enjoy when he is on your Wednesday show, but following him on Twitter is sometimes a challenge. Between you and me, glad you blocked the caller. I used to enjoy his calls, but that was a long time ago. Cannot take his emotional breakdowns and nonsense. Yeah, well, I didn't see Ryan's tweet about that. Hmm. Um, hang on. Lynn, says Chris, just to switch things up a a little bit, I just lost my, wait a minute, God, I hate this site, yes, thank you, Um, just to switch things up a little bit, says Chris, did you watch the plot against America? I thought it was excellent, so eerie with where our country is today. The first episode was really well done. Can't wait for Sunday to come. Oh, no. So I can see the second episode. Um, Thanks for doing your show. It's a stress reliever, somewhat. (laughs) Yeah, right, somewhat. Um, Yes, I did watch The Plot Against America. That's on HBO. It's it's, um, David Simon the genius behind The Wire, I think the greatest television series ever produced, um, who made the plot, Philip Ross, The Plot Against America, into a six-part series. Part one is already aired. You can certainly catch up. Um, I watched it. I was a little underwhelmed. I don't know why. Maybe my, because I read the book and I, I, I just think it's a better read. I don't know. Um, but yes, it's worth watching because it does show um, the parallels of now and then and, and of how um, scapegoating people 
and uh, fear of uh, the other uh, could result in America ceasing to be America. Uh, you know, speaking of that, I'm I'm thinking of how so for so many years now we have spent time wringing our hands and 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 sharing our fears about the future of our country, um, watching a rise in xenophobia and nationalism and hate and uncivil discourse, and how the election seemed like so important, and it still is, but it's just amazing how this, this little unseen virus uh, can change everything. It certainly didn't lessen our anxiety, uh, but it, it sort of morphed it, right? And we're um, now juggling, I guess, two pretty serious anxieties. Uh, the, the fear of loss of our country, the fear of loss of our loved ones, the fear of loss of our lives, the fear of loss of life as we knew it. Ay, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it just doesn't end. Uh, so, yes, I, I would recommend, I know I told my mom and sister that uh, had forgotten to watch it that they should uh, catch up because it, it, it really is well done and, you know, great actors. Okay, I finally got this thing I wanted to show. Here's the importance of social distancing, okay? This isn't a graphic. Um, let's say you're not doing social distancing, like all those, every single one of those kids on that beach. Um, if that one of those kids, and believe me, many of those kids will already be carrying that virus, a person carrying the virus will generally infect themselves two and a half, that's the way the numbers crunch as far as they know, two and a half other people. You get it, you get more than two other people who get it. Then those two and a half people go and infect, an, uh, you know, what would be more than uh, six people. Within 30 days, that one person failing to do proper social distancing will have infected 406 people. One person in 30 days can be responsible for infecting over 400 people. When you see those pictures of the kids on the beach, and I don't care what Ryan said, you are looking at murderers, vectors, idiots, self-centered effing fools. Let's then say some of us get smart and we shelter in place. Let's say then that there are 50% of people who are now staying home. Guess what? Then the one person who's not, who's being an idiot, doesn't have as many people to infect. 
they only infect about one and a quarter people. And within 30 days has managed to take down just 15 people. From 400 plus to 15. If half of us at least follow the rules. That's how social distancing works. That's why everybody who is a caring person (laughs) will do that. Um, People who have uh, an absence of empathy or an abundance of self-interest are dangerous people now to people they know and care about and to people they don't know and don't obviously care about. Um, Let me see what else I got here. There is, um, I don't know about you, but have you noticed that um, if you're rich and famous, you can get a test like that? Bang! Oh, I feel a sore throat. Ah, I got tested. I'm okay. Or I got tested. I have it. I'm I'm in place. Um, and that question was asked uh, of the president uh, yesterday, the newly attempting to be serious uh, president yesterday. And uh, what did he what did he say? He said uh, something like, uh, "Yeah." Well, that's what uh, that's what life is. I'm trying to find the direct quote. I mean, it's just maddening because he's one of the people, of course, who's already been tested and can be tested 10 times a day if he needs it. Uh, the rest of us, meh, we, we can just go die. Tests should not be for wealthy people. For A-listers, they should be for the sick. But Trump says, you know, isn't that the way the world works? It certainly has for him. You know, police chiefs across the country have been raising hell saying, look, our people are in on the front lines. If anyone needs to be tested, it ain't Heidi Klum It's our people. It's first responders. That's where testing should be. In fact, we shouldn't be having to um, ration testing anyway. Oh, here's here's Trump's direct quote. Um, When asked, why are the well-connected going to the front of the line, our president said, You'd have to ask them that question. Uh, Perhaps that's been the story of life. Well, actually, that's uh, one of the first true statements uh, he has made. Um, Just wanting to share a few things here uh, from the New York Times about uh, things you're seeing on social media that are bullshit, okay? You should avoid ice cream. (laughs) Are you kidding? No, thank you. Ice cream is is God's, uh, you know, mother's milk to 
people. It's comfort food. Also, gargling warm water with salt or vinegar. Yeah, no, that's not going to kill the virus. Yes, if you have a sore throat, gargling with salt water uh, can soothe the sore throat, but it does not kill the virus. Drinking lots of water does not kill the virus. It's good to drink lots of water because keeping yourself hydrated is good. Uh, A lot of companies are trying to tell you to take colloidal silver. Um, And, of course, they sell colloidal silver. The FDA has uh, stepped in and warned. Now, here again, this tepid response warned seven companies to stop selling products, including colloidal silver. Um, Why is the FDA warning them? Why isn't the FDA saying, you shut that down now or we'll have the cops come and arrest you? I'm sick of this. Would you please? Would you please? Uh, Take lots of vitamin C, garlic, peppermint, elderberry, There is no evidence that these foods and supplements can protect you in any uh, consistent or significant way. Of course, taking a multivitamin is a very good idea. Uh, But if you start taking vitamins in large doses, that can be very dangerous. So be smart. Um, A lot of people need to uh, gently wipe down their cell phones with a product that has alcohol in it. Don't get it really wet, but uh, Apple recommends Clorox disinfecting wipes if you're lucky enough to have some of those. Um, And to wash your hands after you've done it. Um, I couldn't figure out, I know my cell phone is dirty because I'm handling it and breathing on it, but if I'm not passing my cell phone around, and I'm washing my hands a lot, I really don't understand why my cell phone is a danger to me. I guess what they say is people pass their cell phone around. They say, ah, look at this, and they pass their phone to somebody. Don't do that. You can send it to them. Don't pass your phone, okay? Oh, I'm sorry, little Tony said. I was hoping you wouldn't read that part online about the caller. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. He's super sensitive. Anyway, so be it. When he calls and gets all emotional and uptight. Yeah, well, I think he he was spreading false information. I'm not going to allow that on my air. He is, I'm sorry, not welcome uh, during this extraordinary time. I have nothing against that guy. Um, he's been a staple <laughs> of the show for a long time, but he has often spread misinformation. But now misinformation is a really bad idea. Um, so what else I got? Uh, you know, there were some elections uh, the other day. Um, 
a conservative Democratic congressman was knocked off in a primary in the primary in Illinois by a progressive. Um, he was toast anyway. Um, Dan Lipinski. It's a totally Democratic district, so um, at least he's gone. He was a, a, a dino, a Democrat in name only, and a woman named Marie Newman will be replacing him because she'll win in the general. Unfortunately, here in Pennsylvania, and I'm not sure exactly where all these districts are, there were three special elections for House seats um, in which Republican members of the state legislature had, I guess, left. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not clearer on this. And let us just say that all three of those elections went to the Republicans. Different, I mean, obviously not the incumbents, but Republicans. Obviously, those must have been Republican districts, but that just shows to Goya that um, the people are sticking with their parties at this point. Um, God, I got so much more here, guys. And I and we've got um, and what's with this thing about people watching these movies about pandemics? I keep seeing articles. Watch Contagion. Uh, every time I put on Netflix, the thing that comes up at the top, pandemic. I so do not want to watch anything like that. What is helpful about that? It just blows my mind how so many people, um, I guess, like scaring themselves for entertainment. And that goes from roller coasters to horror movies. I'm just just not there. Um so I, I can see I'm, I'm out of time. Uh, I want to thank you all for being there. I want to wish you all uh, all the best. And um, we'll all just keep, keep on keeping on as best we can. And um, God, I wish I could do more. I really do. Feel free to email me anytime you want. I'll be checking uh, my email. And, and thank you again. Be well, be safe, be smart. I'll be here again on Monday. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.